Let's talk about the Bayonetta 3 voice acting controversy now that we know a little more information. Plus, we have a new company wanting to make the Netflix of games. Tonight is October 23rd, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy O.K. says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Who would have thought that somebody with the name of Breakman would have a computer that is broken? And so he hopes he can be here for the whole show. But uh, what did you do to your computer, Breakman? Did you break it? man anyway uh hello and welcome to a not broken edition of the bobby blackwell show where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history my name is bobby blackwell if you're joining us live here on the voice of geeks network twitch channel twitch.tv slash vog network welcome thank you so much for being here uh i'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night we are a podcast i completely understand uh so if you can't be here on sunday nights uh, I fully understand. We do have a Discord server where you can interact with the show and suggest topics or comment on previous episodes over at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, and uh, I'll be trying to read stuff there and I participate over there throughout the week. Uh, and uh, we'll even talk about things that we don't talk about here on the show. So uh, I will say uh, that uh, we- even though we talk about this stuff at the end of the show, usually, uh, I will say that we're getting close to our four year anniversary on Twitch. Uh, we actually started our four-year anniversary, uh, or for our, we started here on Twitch in December of 2018. Uh, really, we started in January 2019, but we like did it a month early just in case things didn't work. Uh, but they worked fine, uh, and uh, now uh, you know, and Mike Deft resubscribed, and it's, it's very close to the four-year mark. So uh, thank you all for being here, uh, and hopefully uh, for those of you that maybe found us through Twitch's discoverability, because there's a little more discoverability on Twitch. Then there is on Shoutcast Internet Radio what we were doing for the first uh, however many years it was. Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much uh, for being here and uh, being a part of the show. So, um, yeah, uh, so let's go ahead and get into uh, the story that I didn't touch last week. And I'm kind of glad I didn't touch this story last week. Uh, because I didn't have all the information. Uh, so this is we're talking about Bayonetta 3. Uh, Bayonetta 3, which comes out, I believe, on the 28th on Switch. Uh, and uh, Helena Taylor was the, uh, or was the original English voice actor of Bayonetta. Um, and and uh, had an iconic voice for the role. Uh, and she is not returning for Bayonetta 3. And a couple of weeks ago, or, or actually last week, uh, while she revealed why and uh and called on fans to boycott the game and she posted a series of five videos um uh, on on her twitter basically saying that platinum games is is terrible and every gamer should boycott them uh and i was like okay there's some stuff here that doesn't add up and i'm also not a big fan of uh of of 
boycotting an entire game uh, like that because so many other people work a lot longer on it. And uh, I will say up front, voice actors definitely should be paid what what uh, what they're worth uh, and what their value is. Uh, however, voice actors, while they have spent many, many years doing their craft and learning their craft and honing their craft and doing a lot of rehearsing and practicing and training their vocal cords and, and, and possibly even building a home studio to be able to do the voice acting stuff, I completely understand that. Uh, but there are pl- years and years of work that programmers have done that I would say contribute just as much, if not more, to the game than the person providing one language's voice. Uh, and I know, and that kind of sucks to say. And I'm coming from that as one of those developers. Like I don't work in the video game industry, but but the programmers and the developers and the artists that that spend years working on it, uh, I believe, do contribute more to the game than somebody who does twenty, thirty, maybe forty hours worth of voice acting sessions. So you know, not to diminish those twenty or thirty or forty voice acting sessions, because obviously, like any art. Uh, you are paying for the experience and, and all the training that got to the point to where you could only spend 20 to 30 to 40 hours total on a roll, uh, that there's a lot of training that comes comes in with that. Um, but, uh, but that is still just only 20 to 30 to 40 hours when the game may have been in development for like five years. So there's, uh, and Dark Tetsi even says in our chat room, 100% agree. There's like hundreds of people that work on these games that aren't connected to the voiceover stuff. And remember also, there's multiple voice actors. Because um, I, I, don't, I don't know specifically for Bayonetta, uh, but typically there's a Japanese voice actor, especially for a Japanese game. Uh, there will be the English voice actor, but then, you know, if they're actually doing localization in all the different European Union countries, you're going to have a French, a Spanish, an Italian, a German. You know, you're going to have different voice actors there. It's not the same voice actor. So there's a bunch of people that does d- do even that side of things. Uh, the Breakman says voice acting is the least important part of almost every game. I love voice acting and voice actors. I disagree because bad voice acting can ruin a game. It can ruin it for me, and I played so many poorly acted, voice acted games in the 90s, back when uh, it was usually like developers being the voice actor. Um, I, that, uh, y- no, I, it's it's not the least important part of every game, um, because uh, if it's done poorly, it absolutely diminishes the rest of the game. The rest of the game can be fantastic. If the voice acting sucks, people are going to turn it off. So it is important. It is very important. Uh, so I do not want to diminish the important of vo- importance of voice acting. Um, so, and uh, Michigan says I agree with Bobby and Ronma because Ronma was was saying uh, that the the least important was not true. It can also ruin a good anime as well as video games, and you're going to see. That's why in anime, there's a lot of people that will only read subtitles and they will only want to watch in, in the original Japanese. Uh, and even there are, I do know that there is one anime that like, uh, you know, at least I don't speak Japanese fluently, but there was uh, a friend of mine who does, who lives out in Japan and has for 20 years. We thought he was coming back after a couple of years. He got married and got a kid and he's never coming back to America, but uh, he actually told me that there uh, is a very, very beloved anime where the Japanese voice acting, the original voice acting, is actually kind of crappy. 
and the English voice acting is superb. But a lot of people who don't speak Japanese will prefer to listen to the Japanese voice acting, even though to someone who's fluent in both, the Japanese voice acting in the original Cowboy Bebop is subpar compared to the English voice acting. That's right. I, I named the anime that he said. So, and DJ Romas does say there's no such thing as bad dubbing, just bad directors. And that's Jerry Romas says some of the awful 70 to 80s anime dubs are just hilarious to hear now. So Voice Geeks Network, we have a podcast called Anime Jam Session. And maybe at some point when they're, you know, in a lull between conventions and other late breaking anime news that we can talk about that there on Voice Geeks Network. But let's talk about Bayonetta 3. And what we actually learned, I did not touch the story last week because all we had was Helena Taylor, uh, other journalists who have sources and actually do journalism, which there is very, very few amount of actual journalists that cover video games, were able to get through their sources, they were able to look at things and get kind of more of a clearer picture, even though Platinum Games is not really coming out and saying anything. Uh, and Jennifer Hale is obviously sticking to her NDA. Now, Bloomberg reports that a pay dispute between a creator of a critically acclaimed video game series and a star voice actor reignited a long-stemming debate over wages in the industry. As is often the case in these sort of disagreements, the details surrounding negotiations and casting for the upcoming game Bayonetta 3 are more complicated than what has been portrayed publicly. The feud spilled out uh, uh, into the open over last weekend. Helena Taylor, the star of the first two Bayonetta games, uh, and also in like Super Smash Bros., uh, Ultimate, yeah. Uh, she said she would not appear in the next iteration, set to be released for the Nintendo Switch on October 28th. She posted a series of videos last Saturday on Twitter accusing Nintendo and the game's publisher, Platinum Games, of offering her a total of $4,000 to reprise her role. She said she rejected the lowball offer and asked fans to refrain from buying the game. She says, quote, if you're someone who cares about people, who cares about the world around you, who cares about who gets hurt with these financial decisions, then I urge you to boycott this game, unquote. So she wants you to punish all those developers and artists and, and architects and designers that spent years of their life working on this game. She wants you to punish them. The videos went viral, racking up more than 9.5 million views on Twitter. Taylor's story touched a nerve among gamers. Voice actors are beloved by fans but fail to command anywhere close to what a Hollywood actor makes. Game actors have long complained of being underpaid and underappreciated. Some have said they've received little information about their roles until they show up in the recording booth. The industry operates in such clandestine ways that actors sometimes won't even know what game they're recording lines for until it's released. That sucks. All that stuff, those are all valid criticisms and yes... That sucks. Period. The tensions uh, created during uh, contract negotiations in 2016 when the union representing uh, many voice actors, the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, uh, so that's SAG-AFTRA, if you've ever seen that, uh, that, that acronym, uh, orchestrated a strike that lasted nearly a year. One of the sticking points was residuals, meaning compensation for actors, when sales of a game outperform expectations, voice actors gave up that fight in exchange for receiving bonuses based on the number of sessions that they work. In the case of Bayonetta 3, the developer appeared to be determined to rehire Taylor, according to two people familiar with the negotiations, as well as documentation reviewed by Bloomberg. So what happened here? Jason Schreier... Um, he has contacts within Platinum. They are speaking off the record with him 
to give him context. So he does not want to burn the, those sources because they could probably get in trouble with lawyers. It's not that the people at Platinum Games don't want you to know what's going on. It's that lawyers are very litigious, lit- litigious. And they kind of don't want to run afoul of that. But if they use back channels and get things to people that are not under NDA, uh, then they can try to get some of their side of the story out. So that's kind of what's happening here. Uh, and and Jason has reached out to everybody involved uh, to try to, you know, kind of coalesce all this into one digestible piece. Here's where the accounts differ. Platinum Games sought to rehire Taylor for at least five sessions each paying $3,000 to $4,000 for four hours in the studio, said the people who asked not to be identified because they are not authorized to discuss private contract negotiations. That would make the total for the game at least $15,000, possibly $20,000. So what she was offered was $4,000. Let's use the number that she said, $4,000. That was per session. And they were expecting five sessions at least it could have been more, but they were planning their 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 project management plan had them doing five sessions. So 20 hours of work. I had to do the math. Again. So 20 hours of work. So basically $1,000 per hour is how much she was being paid for her talents. There's a little bit later on in this article, the union minimum, just so you know, because this was a union project. This was not non-union work. This was union work is $900 for a four-hour session. So she was not being paid essentially minimum wage for a sag after a voice actor, gaming voice actor union project. Minimum wage is $900 for a four-hour session. She was being offered three to $4,000 for a four-hour session. Now, I'm also not going to say that she lied in her in, in her uh, statement because she said she got offered $4,000. We're going to get to what I think she actually set, meant when she said that. And it was one of those she didn't talk about what led up to that offer because she claims in her video she was only offered $4,000, period, for the whole game. Now, in response to that fifteen dollars to $20,000 minimum offer, because remember, if they needed a sixth session... That would have been another $4,000 if they needed to come in for reshoots or, or, or you know, redos or, or they wanted to add some content or, you know, do a DLC or something. That would have been an additional session at another $4,000. She was not capped at let's use the upper minimum of $20,000 or the lower minimum of $15,000. But Helena Taylor asked for a six-figure sum as well as residuals. Both things that SAG or the residuals part SAG after kind of didn't go for. They went for the bonuses. Platinum declined and following lengthy negotiations took auditions for a new actor. Platinum later offered Taylor a cameo in the game for the fee of one session, which she turned down. So what she said is that Platinum offered her $4,000 to be to, for the entirety of Bayonetta. What I think she actually was talking about was that second and final offer saying, hey, we can't afford you. Platinum basically said, we cannot afford you for a whole, for, to do the whole game. However, we would love to have you do a cameo at a fourth, at one session, one four hour session for $4,000. We'd love to have you do a cameo. And that is what she put up on Twitter. Platinum realized they can't afford her. Now, Jennifer Hale 
is, I am going to guess, is not making a six-figure sum for voicing Bayonetta. Because they went out and they got Jennifer Hale. I'm, I would, I, we, we don't know what she's making. She's not going to tell us. Platinum's not going to tell us. Jason's not going to know over at Bloomberg. But I'm pretty sure she is not getting six figures. She's not getting over $100,000 to do five four-hour voice sessions for Bayonetta. I'm pretty sure she's not. And that's why voice actors do a lot of things, because in the grand scheme of things, you can't live off of just doing one game. That's why a lot of the prolific voice actors, we kind of make fun of it. Oh, Nolan North is in everything. Well, this is why. In order to have this be your full-time job, you have to do a lot. And that sucks, uh, you know, especially when we think of, you know, when we think of actors, we think of the multi-million dollar A-list actors. But even, you know, actor character actors that you maybe see on TV shows, the reason you see them guesting on a whole bunch of shows is because that doesn't pay that much. Um. It's really only the top names that make top dollar. And Helena felt, figured she was worth the top dollar for Bayonetta. Um, in an email, uh, so, so that's what I think happened. And, and I'm gonna, I can go into a sports ball reference, and SSJ Winter Nomad is going to be like, I understand this. And Pod Culture is going to be like, I am shutting this off right now. Pod Culture is like, oh no, you're not getting into sports ball. So uh, in baseball last year, uh, there was this dude, uh, we're going to call him uh, Gordon Freeman, and he uh, guarded a base, like one of the first bases, for, for some really brave individuals. And he uh, a- and his agent wanted more money, and uh, when, when those brave individuals uh, tried to offer him uh, a lot of, lot of money, uh, he kind of was like, well, I think I, I can get more. And so those brave individuals went over to some athletic people and got their base guardian. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and this really surprised Gordon. And he got his crowbar, and, and he was like, oh, well, I'll go just dodge things somewhere else. That's kind of what happened here. And, um, and, and that's kind of the same thing that happened here. Uh, they wanted Helena Taylor. They said, this is what we're willing to offer you. Helena Taylor says, no, I'm worth way more. If you want me in this game, you got to pay me this much. And they're like, well, we want you in the game, but we can't afford that. So I guess we got to go to plan B. And then Helena Taylor said, well, I'm going to make you look bad on the Internet for going with plan B and not paying me what I feel like I'm worth. In an email to Bloomberg, Taylor described the account that I just said about Platinum, an absolute lie. And said that Platinum was trying to, quote, save their ass and the game, unquote. I think the game's going to be just fine. She said she stood by everything she said in the video, and she said, quote, I would like to put this whole bloody franchise, she's British, behind me, quite frankly, and get on with my life in the theater, unquote. Representatives for Platinum Games and Nintendo did not respond for requests for comments. Hideki Kamiya, the executive director of Bayonetta 3, called Taylor's allegations sad and deplorable in a Twitter post. Hopefully this does get Kamiya off of Twitter. Um, but, but, but essentially that's very telling. So she said, it's an absolute lie. What, what they were saying, uh, and that they're just trying to save their ass in the game, which I think the game's going to be just fine because honestly, most people to play Bayonetta probably don't, who are going to buy Bayonetta don't know about this controversy. Um, it is not a huge franchise for Nintendo. It's actually a very low performing franchise financially. It's very critically acclaimed, but financially not doing very well. 
So they don't have like four hundred and fifty million dollars or whatever. They sold like one million copies. You don't get four hundred and fifty million dollars for your franchise by selling one million copies of Bayonetta two. I'm sorry, you just don't. Um but she says, I just want to put this whole franchise behind me and go back to life in the theater. She does not want to work in video games. And she knew, uh, you know, she was like, I'm going to burn this bridge. I never want to work in video games again. And frankly, she never worked in video games before. She she did Bayonetta, and that's it. Um, she has not done anything but Bayonetta in voice acting for the past 13 years. And But she does do theater in, in, in England. Uh, and she just wants to do her stage stuff. And she does not want to do the video game stuff again. Once things started coming into it, she's like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. This is all behind me. This is the past. They're terrible. And I hope they all lose their jobs. And I'm going to go back and do my little theater plays over here. Um, I, I don't know if I don't know what she does over there. I don't know if she's on the West End, if she, which is, I think, their Broadway. I don't know if she's that high or if she's working on, on smaller in smaller houses. But um uh, she she does not want to do this anymore. She's ready to go, and she she's just like and she was just like I'm going to try to take everybody down with me instead of just like going off quietly into the night. The Bayonetta series is beloved by fans and critics, but has never been a big commercial success. The Nintendo Switch version of Bayonetta 2, released in 2018, has sold just over a million copies, far fewer than many of Nintendo's other offerings. For Bayonetta 3, the acting costs were higher than other projects because the studio relied on union performers, said, which said three people uh, close to the game's production, which meant a minimum of about $900 for a four-hour voice session plus bonuses. Prominent act, uh, actors or franchise stars like Taylor usually make more, like $4,000 a session. So they were paying every voice actor that you're going to hear in Bayonetta 3, every single one was at least paid $900 for a session. All your bit parts, all your... And that's also why they get voice actors that do additional voices, because they can do all those voices in a single session. So that's how they 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 do that. So you'll see, like, additional voices, and they don't say what they are, but it's like 10 different NPCs will be the same voice actor just doing different voices. And that's how they, they kind of cut costs a little bit, because that can be done in a single session or maybe two sessions. Pop culture says she is in the wrong, but don't minimize theater by saying her little plays. I was more trying to go get across, and that's a very good point. I was more trying to get across like little theaters because there are different size theaters. There's Broadway, but then there's also smaller theaters that are uh, that maybe only seat like fifty people, um, and so there are smaller theaters that people do have have a living doing. I mean, I've got friends that do that here. Uh, in Atlanta, I've got friends that are in the local Atlanta theater scene, which is a city theater theater scene and not necessarily one that's like a touring production or uh, gets more people than 50 people. So I was not trying to belittle the theater because I've done it. I've been in pit bands for musicals before uh, I've performed musicals uh, for, for little theaters. Unfortunately, it was it was a very small theater and it's not around anymore. Um so, I mean, I get it. And uh, Podcoach says, I was a theater kid. I'm very defensive. I'm not. Uh, and, and it was more the size of the house. If she wants to go back and do, and I don't know what she does, uh, and she may be very good at what she does. I, I have not seen her on stage. Uh, but there are different sizes of theater people. Not everybody's on Broadway. And not everybody's in a Broadway theater. 
Uh, Tiger Claw asks, uh, do, you, do you think she's entitled to earning more money giving our controversi- contribution has only been to one video game franchise and doesn't have a lot of credit for any other notable things uh, other than that one gaming franchise? Uh, I'm not going to discount anybody that's only done one gaming franchise because I went to, uh, when I was at Dragon Con, I did uh, the the performance actor panel. They were not voice actors. The performance actor panel for Red Dead Redemption. And uh, the voice actor for John Marston, that's literally the performance actor for John Marston. You got to get it right. Uh, that's the only thing he's ever done in acting. By day, he's a construction worker. Like, he literally builds houses by day. That is his normal job. The only thing he's ever done in any kind of acting profession is John Marston in Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2. So I'm not going to belittle that. But um, there is something to be said about having the experience of doing multiple different things in that way. You know, because voice acting and stage acting are two different things. There's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot different. Uh, Jennifer Hale knows a lot of stuff that only a voice actor would really need to know. And so she probably is easier to work with in terms of direction because she comes from more of a voice acting background and has all of the other stuff she's done from doing animation because she, she was in, in Powerpuff Girls in the original cartoon. She was Princess Morbucks and, you know, doing Mass Effect and, and Star Wars, The Old Republic and everything else she's done. She has a uh, broader sense of experience to be able to handle the direction and all that stuff where Helena is more used to stage directors, which is still accepting direction, but she has the, 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 uh, the idea of how you perform on stage where you're performing for the last row of the house and you know, it's more facial expressions and, and performing out that way. And it's different than performing into a microphone. Uh, DJ Rama says, Helena Taylor hasn't said anything in the last six days. Remember, she wants to put this all behind her. She said her piece. She has uh, attempted to burn platinum games to the ground. We're going to see if that actually worked. Uh, but she wants to go back to doing theater. And she does, She would rather be on, working on a local scale than on a worldwide scale. And as Sharon Matt says, main thing is don't like act, act like this when you're leaving an employer unless you want to burn the bridge you're still on. You go after Jennifer Hale like that and you're likely done in voice acting. And you know what? I think she is perfectly fine with that. With the comments that she made later uh, to Bloomberg where she's like, I just want to put this whole thing behind me and get back to the theater. Uh, she she wants nothing to do with this industry anymore. The sad thing is she's trying to take down hundreds of talented software developers and artists and designers and and a whole bunch of other people down with her just because she doesn't want to do voice acting anymore. And that's kind of that's sad to me. Questbuster says the conversation for pay on game industry or for pay of game industry workers and artists like voice actors are always important. That said, having it used as some kind of tool in bad faith does no one any favors. I do want to mention Rob Roberts says she lied by omission. I think I heard someone put it that way last week. Yes, I stole it from Rob Roberts because Orange Lounge Radio actually talked about it last week when I didn't. And they said it that way. And it turns out that's exactly what I believe happened here. 
Rob Roberts also talks about how voice actors supplement uh, what they get from voice acting. And also, like, if they're, you know, actors that are kind of guest stars, they supplement it with convention income. So the next time you balk at the cost for an autograph or a selfie, remember you wanted to boycott a video game because the voice actor isn't paying enough. When you go to something like Dragon Con and you go to the Celebrity Petting Zoo, which they call the Walk of Fame, I call it the Celebrity Petting Zoo. Uh, when you when you go in there and you're going to see that people are charging $80, $80 maybe, or well, like William Shatner will charge $80 or $100. That's because William Shatner doesn't get uh, acting gigs anymore. That's all he does is he charges for his autograph. Um, but a lot of the smaller, the, the, the stars that aren't as well known, they're not A-list, B-list or whatever, uh, you'll see that they'll charge like $20 or $25 or $30 for an autograph. And that's because... That's how they supplement the fact that they don't get paid that much, uh, especially if they weren't the star of the show. They're not getting the star. The show was 10, 15 years ago. They're not getting residuals on the reruns. Your main actors might, the, the, the headliners might, but not the people below. And that's why you don't always see the headliners at conventions of like a sci-fi show or something. You sometimes will. Some of them totally embrace it. And they go all in on it, and they're all there. But usually it's going to be the people that weren't necessarily the 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 big name on the front of the box. As Jeremy Matt says, and I see plenty of people online canceling their Bayonetta pre-orders, which is whatever. Just remember you're hurting game coders and art designers who had no hand in these negotiations. But as we've learned, like sometimes if you want to make a statement, yeah, sometimes some other people are going to get hurt. And that's that's the point of a boycott. That's the point of a protest. It's to, it may be to in, you may be inconveniencing people that had nothing to do with the situation, but if you that that is how you protest. And yes, unfortunately, that happens. But if you inconvenience enough of those people who had nothing in, uh, who had no hand in it, then maybe they will force the future to be better. And that's the point of a protest or a boycott, even not just in video games, but even in general. So, um, I have not ordered Bayonetta 3 yet. I actually have not played Bayonetta 2 yet, even though I have it. Um, I, 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 but I have it on Wii U. Remember the Wii U? Remember, remember that thing? I have Bayonetta 2 on Wii U and I haven't played it. Uh, which is why I never got it on Switch because I'm like, well, I have it here and I haven't played it yet. But, uh. I am, uh, at one, some point, I did love the original Bayonetta. I actually rented the original Bayonetta from Gamefly for the PS3 and actually beat it. I actually beat the game when it came out. Breakman, are you listening? Did your computer die? Are you still here? I actually beat Bayonetta, the first Bayonetta, when it, when, when it came out. I actually beat the game. So I don't know if Breakman's even still here to hear that. But uh, I actually beat it, and, and I did start playing like Bayonetta 1 again when it came out on the Wii U, and I got a couple chapters in, and then uh, Squirrel, and I moved on to something else. And um, so, uh, so yeah, but like there was, like, I, re- I remember distinctly, like, the, the, the Space Harrier st- or the Afterburner stage that they did, and, and uh, it was, uh, I, I really enjoyed the game, and I never did get it on Switch, but I guess I can now and get Bayonetta 1 and 2 on Switch, uh, and then maybe get Bayonetta 3. So it's... The reason I might not get Bayonetta 3 when it comes out is not because of any of this. It's just because I've got a backlog. And I'm not sure I want to buy Bayonetta again. Bayonetta 1 and 2 again when I already have it right here. But it's for the Wii U. My Wii U still works. It's just not on the big TV. 
And Michigan says, uh, that's exactly why I'm still getting the game when I can, because it wasn't just the voice actors that made the game. No, it was it was the whole vibe. And I think Jennifer Taylor is going to be great in the role. Uh, and uh, hopefully the game will be great. And uh, Mike Deff says, uh, I have the physical copies for one and two on both Wii U and Switch. So have you played them? His next comment was, don't ask me if I've played them. Well, you know what? You're going to ask me not to do something. I'm going to do it. Don't worry, I haven't played either. E3VL says, I played both. That's all awesome. Like, I played the first one. I was just, I was going to play it again uh, because it had been a long time before I opened up Bayonetta 2. Uh, and then I, I got like three chapters into Bayonetta 1. I mean, I enjoyed it. I was I was, I was was fine with it. And just, I moved on to, to other things. Mike Def slinking into an emoji. So let's talk about the other story that I have sitting here tonight. I spent a lot of time on that. Uh... But uh, there's going to be a company that wants to be the new Netflix of games. It's Netflix. Video Games Chronicle reports that during a discussion at TechCrunch Disrupt event, Netflix's vice president of games, Mike Verdu, revealed that the company was investigating the possibility of letting its subscribers stream games. He said, quote, We're very seriously exploring a cloud gaming offering so we can reach members of TVs and PCs. We'll approach this the same way we did with mobile, which is start small, be humble, be thoughtful, and then build out. But it is a step that we think we should take to meet members where they are on the devices where they consume Netflix, unquote. When asked by the event's host how Netflix would avoid being a failure like Stadia, Verdu replied, quote, Stadia was a technical success. It was fun to play games on Stadia. It had some issues with the business model. I look at the technology and say it worked. He's not wrong. I've said the same thing about Stadia. For us, delivering games to your TV and your PC, it's value add. We're not asking you to subscribe as a console replacement, so it's a completely different business model. The hope is over time, it just becomes this very natural uh, way to play games wherever you are, unquote. And he also said, quote, I won't point to mistakes because that seems unfair because Google took a really bold gamble. The, th- the thing I thought was amazing about Stadia and other platforms is the kind of experiences that they enabled that you really can't have any other way. And they saw that and started doing some work on internal studio, but it took us a long time to get it right, unquote. So uh, I don't know exactly what those experiences are. I didn't see any of those on Stadia that you could not have any other way. And honestly, uh, take a shot. Virtual reality has the same problem for the most part, where you're not seeing that many virtual reality gaming uh, things that couldn't be experienced any other way. The only thing I know of that I can contend of is probably Beat Saber, because they would have to change the way Beat Saber is played for it to work on a TV. Would it work on a TV? Yes. But the way that it's actually controlled, they actually use your 3D vision to have where you're going to slice the cubes when you're playing Beat Saber. And you would have to put some kind of line on the screen or put some kind of barrier on the screen to denote if you're going to play it in 2D where that is, where when you need to slash. And you, so Beat Saber is like the one thing I can say, yeah, I don't think it would really work well as a TV game uh but but that's it like most other vr games yeah you you could have it working and on on a monitor with a mouse and keyboard or a controller just fine uh stadia did not give me anything it did not show me anything that could not be done by anything else other than the fact that you could probably the only thing it showed me the only experience that it showed me 
that you couldn't do anywhere else was you could play Cyberpunk 2077 with the least amount of bugs possible on launch. Yeah. Uh, but that was the only experience that you couldn't get anywhere else. And uh, HDI Andrew says, that's what I thought the Stadia problem was. No unique must-have games. Was sad when they t- shut down their internal Stadia studio. Yes, no, it, it was. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing what some of these I- exclusive experiences that you couldn't get anywhere else. I was looking forward to seeing what they were going to have there. That's why I continued staying a Stadia premium subscriber the whole time. Uh, even though I didn't use it enough to really justify the $10 a month, I kept it. And that's why, because I was like, well, there's going to be some something here that I'm not going to be able to experience any other way. And it never came came out. So I don't know if ne- what Netflix seen, has seen. But they've seen something. And and they're going to try something. So we're going to see if Netflix can actually figure that part out and deliver on it. Verdu was asked if Netflix was planning to make a controller to be used for its streaming games, to which he replies, quote, just the news we're poking at this is probably enough for now, unquote. So the host, actually being a good host here, clarified, quote, but these aren't games people are going to be playing with their Apple TV remote, I guess, unquote. And he replied, Verdu replied, no. So there is going to be something about, you know, you, you, you having a real gaming controller, an actual video game controller like this, or, you know, hey, maybe maybe they can work out with Google and let you use the Stadia controller if you have one of those. Have it work with the Netflix service? I don't know. Um, but uh, but um, they, they see something that they can latch on to. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they can do because there are people that are leaving Netflix because they're leaving for other streaming platforms. We're getting very fragmented. We're getting that a la carte system that we always wanted with old cable TV where we picked the channels we wanted. And now we've got it and people are dropping Netflix. They're going for other streaming platforms. Uh, so Netflix needs to do something to bring their subscribers back because they're seeing subscribers go down for the first time in two or three years. So, um, so I'm I'm interested to see what Netflix is going to do, being the Netflix of games, uh, and see what they're going to do with that. And E3BL says so many subscription services these days. Yes, and I I don't have them all, which is why even though I'm a huge Star Trek fan, I haven't seen any of the new Star Treks because we can't justify getting that network right now. So uh, I'm going to take a very quick music break. Uh, and then we'll come back and maybe we can take a call. If somebody wants to go in the green room cho- voice chat channel over at our discord server, vognor.com slash discord to get in there. Uh, we do add like Twitch has the new guest star functionality. We'll probably be doing something with that, uh, and, and trying to start incorporating the Twitch guest star stuff in, uh, but we're going to, we're going to be slow and deliberate. Hopefully like what Netflix is doing with the streaming thing. Uh, we're going to be slow and deliberate and in introducing the Twitch guest star feature into the show. Um, we did one test and it kind of worked for one person and didn't work for the other. So, uh, but we're, we're going to be introducing that later, but so far we're just going to, we're going to use what works and, uh, we may look at the guest star later. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell show or in the voice geeks network at twitch.tv slash Vogue network. I'm commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. I'm Jennifer Hale, sometimes known as Commander Shepard, sometimes known as Basta Lashon, sometimes known as Princess Marbucks. And you're participating with the Bobby Blackwolf Show. Helena Taylor never did a bumper for my show, so, you know, maybe I'm biased. If you want to leave a bumper, you do not have to have 
<clears throat> unfortunately, I'm not going to pay you union wages. I'm not going to pay you $900 to do a bumper. But if you want to leave a bumper saying that you're coming back to the show, uh, please do. Uh, I would love to love, love to hear from you. All you got to do is send me an MP3 with just your voice uh, uh, or uh, a video of just your voice. I will choose which uh, which DMCA violation I will run underneath of it, uh, run, run behind it, and, uh, and something about coming back to the Bobby Blackwell show. So uh, we do actually have a call in the green room. So we're going to go ahead and take this call and hope that this works. So I'm going to go ahead and bring this person into Discord. Bobby Blackwell show, you are on the air. Who is this? Ah, this is Mike Deft. Mike Deft, what's going on? Well, I want to talk to Bay- Bayonetta, Bayonetta, Bayonetta okay. uh, controversy. Um, basically, and we pretty much said everything already mm-hmm. uh, on the show, so it's like uh, I want to go over something pretty much way more important okay. and shouldn't be lost uh, focusing on this, first of all, right? because it's, there's two things. Uh, first of all, that we really, really need to to be informed about something before making judgment yes. uh, on whatever topic it may be, because that this is something that is like always always happens on the internet. It's it's like crazy that so many people go like, oh, I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna support this because they said it, and yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's and wait, wait it's like. What's the other information? What's the other part? What's the other mm-hmm. side of the story? And and it's really important to do this because we, and especially right now in the, in the, uh, in the media we live right now, it's like we we only take we only grab like the headline and don't read further right. beyond that. So it's really important. But that's that's one point. But the other one, and it's really important. And especially because so many people I have read, not only in, here in chat, but also on, on the whole internet, it's that Helena Taylor, even though she manipulated the information, she wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Many, many voice actors, and we already said it on, on chat and on, on the show, get underpaid, don't get fair treatment. They're, yeah. they're treated like they're nothing. Right, and they are something. They're really important, even though it was said already. Oh, it's not, the voice acting is not important in games. No, it's really important, especially nowadays with games like God of War, Last right. of Us, like cinematic experiences yes. in games. It's so important right now that yeah. we get so many talented people, and we are. They are not paying it. They're paying them. Sorry, mm-hmm. the, the their fair share. Like, yeah. even though it's like, oh, she asked for six figures. I'm not going to say she deserved it, but she deserved way more than 15,000. 15, mm-hmm. And she did reserve residues from yeah. that because it's, it's, a, it's a, a job like any other actor. Right. It's, it's not necessarily, oh, it's, oh, oh, she's only doing voices. Oh, yeah. No, no that's, it's, it's not, still not hard. And there's it's a lot of training, hard. and it, there's a lot of training that goes into it. So, because like you hear this, and and this is, I'm also speaking to somebody, and this is not about voice acting, but let's say, let let's say you are having a wedding, and you're hiring a photographer, and you know you're like, oh, why is a photographer ch- charge all that much money when they're only going to be there for like two hours or whatever? It's you're actually also paying for like the ten years of experience they have 
framing good photos and all that stuff as well. So even though they're only there for two hours, you're paying them for all that institutional knowledge. And voice acting is the same way. You're paying them for all the all the training they've done all their life or for most of their life to be a good actor uh, and voice and stage and all that other thing. So that that's what you're paying for. And what probably happened is that Platinum just didn't have the budget for what Helena Taylor was asking for. And so that's why Platinum walked away from the table because they were like, well, if that's what you feel you're worth, we understand. Unfortunately, we can't afford you. We're going to go somewhere else. And Jennifer Hale was able to get what she felt she was worth. And yeah, that's, that's something uh, that's also really important that to understand that not because there's a new actress or actor coming to the scene it's like they're they're not necessarily in the know they do not know what what's going what is happening why they are replacing another person too and, mm-hmm. and that, at least that that was understood from people on twitter mm-hmm. and other social media but i i still it's like i, I don't want to dismiss talena's uh statements totally mm-hmm. again she did something wrong she did manipulate it, uh the social yeah. media people and all that but at the same time, she isn't lying. She is not wrong. Right. And and that's really important to notice. And and, and again, because it, it's it's a discussion that has happened for years. Yes. And, and Jennifer Hale has been at the forefront of those discussions. And and, and like and like uh, pop culture said, uh, he's a, a theater kid who was a theater, mm-hmm. uh, theater kid. Mm-hmm. He fe- feels very passionate about. I uh, really feel passionate about voice acting too. It's yeah. something. I really appreciate and I and something that mm-hmm. I actually research and, and like actually like to know more about mm-hmm. and like knowing that this happens and not only in video games, it happens in, in other media too. Yeah. So it's like, it's it really disheartening to see that so many talented people get shafted like that. Yeah. And, and returning to the topic that also people working in video games, the developers, mm-hmm. the artists, Everyone, they also deserve their search pay. They, yes. they, they deserve their sure fair of pay. And mm-hmm. th- this is something like, th- this is the movement that everyone needs to do. Yeah, We need everyone in the industry to have a fair treatment, fair pay, yeah. to have better treatment that they, they, they right. receive right now. Yeah. No, it's, it's all, all good points. And, and I think Platinum was even trying to protect Helena a little bit. When negotiations broke down, because if you remember when they announced Jennifer Hale as Bayonetta, they said, unfortunately, Helena Taylor, uh, the schedules just didn't work out, which Helena Taylor said, I have nothing but time. But that was what what Platinum said instead of saying, yeah, we can't afford her like they were trying to say, you know, oh, you know, the schedules just didn't work out. It you know it did we couldn't find common ground on the scheduling and all that stuff. So we had to go elsewhere. Uh, they were trying to protect her. With that, and she basically was like, "No, I got nothing but time. Uh, I wanted the money, and you you didn't want to give me the money, so now you know you should you should not exist." Yeah, and that's sad, and and something that everyone involved in in this mm-hmm. situation needs to to learn needs to be better about, including Platinum too. It's like they're they're not like off the hook really mm-hmm. in, in some sense, but. No, knowing the context, knowing everything, it's like it—it it, it was a personal drama, and I said it, I said this on Twitter. Uh, this was personal drama, and people got involved in it like 
like pawns. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to war, but we are we do not know what what we're fighting for. Yeah, no, and what we're going to see is, uh, because remember when the first Modern Warfare 2, I understand there's two games called Modern Warfare 2 now, uh, but the first Modern Warfare 2, uh, way back when, there was, it was the first Call of Duty game that did not have, on PC, did not have private servers. And so there was a call to boycott the PC version of Modern Warfare 2 because there was no way to have private servers where you could just directly connect to somebody else's computer and play play Call of Duty there. You were forced to go through the matchmaking servers. And there was a Steam group made called Boycott Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, I remember that. The weekend <laughs> that Modern Warfare 2 came out, you went into that Steam group and you looked at the members. A good, like, very much a majority of them we're all playing Modern Warfare 2. They were part they were in the boycott group, they didn't wind up boycotting it. Yeah. And I think we're going to see that here. We're going to see Bayonetta 3 is going to do just fine. Um and and there are people that are even saying I'm going to buy it more now. Uh people that maybe weren't going to buy it before are going to buy it now to support Platinum. Uh I think it's going to do just fine and even some of the people that were like I'm never playing Bayonetta 3, they're going to play Bayonetta 3. And and they're probably going to enjoy themselves. Play Bayonetta three, but like I said, don't ask me if I play Bayonetta, Bayonetta one and two. So, did you play Bayonetta one and two? <laughs> well, that's all for me tonight. <laughs> all right, thanks for calling in, Act Deft. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network uh, Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/VogNetwork. Uh, is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. They talked about this last week. Uh, they were um, they, they talked about this whole thing last week, uh, and, and, but we, now we actually have more information, and it turns out uh, Rob was right all along in, in, being, uh, kind of, in, in being skeptical of having the whole story. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. Thanks for that. And how are you? I, I'm doing well. And yes, you did say it was lying by omission. I kind of saw it too. But like last week, like all this happened like on Saturday and I was doing other things on Saturday. So like I was like sure. seeing it on Twitter. And so I was like, I didn't and I didn't have time on Sunday to delve mm-hmm. into it, which is why I didn't talk about it until this week. And it's all we talked about tonight. So I'm assuming yeah. you're going to be covering the the kind of the aftermath, the stuff we learned this week. Believe it or not, I'm a little sick of talking about it, but yes, I, I think the follow-up is very important. Yeah, one, one, one more time. More time. Um, and to hopefully at some point recenter the conversation on how much our voice actors really getting paid. And, and you know, as, as mm-hmm. the previous caller brought up uh, and as you brought up uh, really well on your show as well, is that, you know, this is a problem in the industry that, you know, a lot of the developers and folks behind the scenes aren't really getting paid. At the same token, nobody wants to pay $70 for a game. Right. So how do we find the balance of that? How do we get the money out of Bobby Kotick's checkbook, somebody who we can all agree doesn't deserve it, and get the money to the people that are really putting in the work to deliver a quality product, which Mm -hmm. would be the developers and the voice actors as part of that, uh, both English, Japanese, Italian, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I I think a whole conversation needs to be had on that. I think you're seeing it start in the industry with union talk and certainly the voice actors are at the forefront of that. And the devs it's, it's coming. It's, it's an avalanche. They're not going to stop. It's, it's continuing. Uh, We just had another Activision studio uh, Mm -hmm. unionized this week. So it's, it's going to continue. And I think this is where this ends up. But um, the other thing I would say, and and, you know, I'll, I'll repeat this on OLR. So sorry for those that are listening to both tonight, 
But, you know, if you really do want to support your favorite voice voice actor or voice actors, it's very similar to that story you were just telling about modern warfare. You need to literally put your money where your mouth is, because if you were a person that's going to uh, or was about ready to boycott Bayonetta 3 over this because you believe that voice actors should be paid their fair share, um, then don't complain when you go to a convention and the voice actors charging $40 for a selfie because you would be you would be shocked how many complaints I overhear because you know I I do the convention circuit Mm -hmm. a lot too you know not just in games but in horror and stuff how much I hear people complain about the cost to get selfies and those sorts of things that is literally paying the voice actor or actresses that you appreciate them doing a job well done and that is helping to supplement their income and so forth so please don't be one of those people that has a very obvious hypocrisy in not wanting to pay. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not saying you have to get an autograph from every single voice actor out there, but don't complain about the yep. way it's set up if you are also going to say, "But we need to be paying voice actors more money." Yeah, and um, and I mean, you you should. You'll even see it like with non voice actors because I saw it when I was doing at, at Southern Fried Gaming Expo when they had. Um, you know, they had some game developers there. Uh, Warren Davis was there and. And uh, and um, I actually paid to have him sign a card so I could spend sit there and talk to him because I'm like, that's how he's making his money now because he's not making games anymore. Um, and so, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll pay five bucks for a little, you know, a trading card. And he signed it for me and we, we talked a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I that's why he was there. It's because he's not he's not making the next Qbert. This yeah. is kind of like he's probably able to be fine now, but this is just extra fun money. Uh, you know, to, to kind of keep things going. And that's, that's a way of supporting somebody who was a big part of your childhood. And, you know, they, money does run out, you know, but you don't own Will Wright, any of that because of what he's getting involved with. And we'll talk about that on OLR tonight. Yes. (laughs) Anything else on OLR you're going to talk about tonight? I didn't mean to shift the conversation just to OLR, but uh, sure, uh, we'll talk. Why not? We'll talk about The Sims since I brought up Will Wright. There's some uh, uh, latest developments and what's going on with The Sims. And you know what? We at Orange Launch Radio, we love the Silent Hill series. And I've been saying mm-hmm. for a long time, Konami needs to, I think I've said it a little more um, adult languagey, but let's just say it needs to put up or shush up uh this uh i've been saying that for a very long time uh they finally put up this week and uh, certainly we have some opinions on that and we will get into that right at the top of olr do, coming you, up. do you honestly think you can't say shut up on my show i was actually gonna say the <laughs> or get off the pot example but if i can say that then great where's, where's the i should have had that going you you asked for it <laughs> I, I was i thought you were just saying shut because you said shush up and i was like you can say shut up that's fine um Anyway, <clears throat> Orange Lounge Radio is, is is they don't have one of pushed. these. I was pushed. They don't have one of the buttons on it, so uh, you know you you, uh, you can tune into Orange Lounge Radio and see how he really feels. Thanks so much, Rob. <laughs> Thanks as always, Bobby. Sorry. Don't be sorry. It's fine. I will be back next Sunday night if I haven't been kicked off of iTunes. For an explicit content in a non-explicit show. Uh, We'll be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Uh, Join us live and interact with the show directly. Uh, Or, uh, like I said, you can leave me a bumper. I'm not going to pay you $900 for a four-hour session, but uh, if you want to leave a bumper, uh, you will get uh, uh, lots of my gratitude. And uh, and uh, so you can contact me on Discord or on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. 
vognetwork.com slash discord uh, and you can get that to me uh, and we can you can email it to me or give me a Dropbox link or something. We'll figure it out. We could figure it out. We will have a discussion about it and figure it all out. Hey, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, uh, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make the live show work without the help of the chatters who had another hype train this more uh at the beginning of the show thank you so much to everybody who contributed to the hype train uh but you just being here is really all the 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 best part of uh of of uh all we really 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 ask for but people who go above and beyond do help uh us pay the bills here with vog network the little the few bills that we do have for hosting and things like that mike deft resubscribed for 46 months we're getting very close to the 48 month which is the four hour anniversary of or the four hour the four I'm thinking contracts, $900. The four-year anniversary of us on Twitch. Paleonimea resubscribed. Uh, thank you so much. Podculture gifted a sub to She-Hulk 10. Also a very, uh, She-Hulk 10 also su- has supported us for a very, very long time. Thank you so much to both Podculture and She-Hulk 10 for their support. SSJ Runner Matt cheered 300 bits. Thank you so much for that. And Orange Light Right resubscribed. Um, so, uh, and also for the 46th month, thank you so much for that. SJR Matt says four hour show confirmed. No, that would be on my Twitch channel, but that would be on the Bobby Blackwolf Twitch channel. If I'm actually playing a game, I did play no man's sky on my new PC and it, it worked out fine, uh, earlier this week over at Bobby Blackwolf on Twitch, but I am going to now hit the button. So I stop here. And so Olar could have a three hour show instead of a four hour show, but you get four hours of content here tonight. I will see you next week. Take care. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys. Or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.